Bing, 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 and bong, 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 and horses and frosty words, everyone. Welcome to Home Age Conversations, a podcast about the residents. I'm Mole, and I'm seeing the meaning of a dreaming doggy in the dust. And I'm Mew, and I've laughed and cheered and bought some beers. I'm Cat, and I'm a Jesus foodist. And I'm Rabbit, and I have no presence in the future. Uh, there is one thing we probably should acknowledge here, um, at the time of recording, and also, undoubtedly, by the time of your listening, it, it is no longer Christmas 2019. Um, what? Well, it's always Christmas somewhere in the world. I- instead, this is a Santa Dog episode for your new year. It's, uh, for your Brumalia. Um, and we're gonna act like that's okay. For this episode, we are talking about Santa Dog 78. Um, as a continuation of uh, our ongoing Santa Dog series, in which around the same festive season every year we talk about a new Santa Dog, or a new old Santa Dog that we haven't talked about the previous time. So, what is there to say about Santa Dog 78? Sounds like Duck Stab. I don't think it does. I really don't think it does. Very minorly, mainly in, I I mainly say that because the uh, little electric percussion. Yeah, it sounds mm. like it has the instrumentation of, of, you know, these albums and projects that the residents were doing in that time, but... Um, oh, it's not the general idea. Yeah, exactly, but I feel like Sandog 78, it was the first, like, um, like, Sandog reissue. Um, so this is the first Sandog that was actually attributed to the residents. Yeah, yeah so the last um, one was. Uh... Yeah, they, they covered it. I mean, so, the marketing geniuses that they are—they started to figure out um, that you can sell old stuff and new stuff together. Because I know we, we have discussed at length that the residents are artists or whatever, but at the end of the day, what they really are are shrewd businessmen. Absolutely. Exactly. Or, alternatively, um, they are amazing, beautiful artists suffering at the hands of shrewd businessmen um, under the, under the guise of the Cryptic Corporation, which is definitely, um, you know, a, a company from, from uh, that is legally registered in Panama as a tax haven. Um, it, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah, it's shrewd yeah. businessmen all the way down. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Uh, Randy Rose went to uh, Warthog. Harvard. Shit. Candy Rose went to Harvard for business. That's you go to Harvard for business, right? <laughs> Randy gets a business degree. <laughs> I'd watch that episode of Randy. Randy becomes an entrepreneur. Randy opens up a small business in his hometown. Randy invests in stocks. <laughs> Randy retires uh. at the ripe age of seventy. Anyway, um, oh, wait. I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like for. For um, Santa Dog 78, uh, at this point, the residents, they had, like, multiple albums under their name, under their their, uh, label, um, like Fingerprints, Duck Stab, the other ones. (laughs) Meet the residents. Um, Yeah, I I guess. (laughs) But, uh, 
And at that point, they, they had moved on from the sort of crude beginnings, if you will. Um, so they almost yeah. wanted to be like, hey, we have this, we have these like synthesizers, we have all this, we have this, like, we can make music now. I mean, it's We learned how to play the saxophone. Yeah. We learned so, what notes mean what. Exactly. Well, so I don't I know if like, they learned that. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like Sandog 78 was almost, um, it was... Kind of like that, when you do, like, like when artists do that, like, oh, this is how I drew then, this is how I draw now. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, wow, the Residence Pioneer, they should copyright that. Shrewd mm-hmm. businessmen that they are. Mm-hmm. Because um, we, we say that, you know, the Santa Dog sort of are the residents saying, this is how we sound like now. This is, mm-hmm. this is who we are now to, to sort of um, show where they've where they've been too but i feel like Santa dog 78 that's like especially what it's for um and then it just became a tradition but Santa dog 78 is almost um it's almost like screaming this is who we are now look at it's how much we've grown phase, yeah it's it's sort of <laughs> saying like we are someone now um because before i mean the original Santa dog isn't actually attributed to the residents um you know, that, that was something that was sort of decided years after, um, particularly with this, I suppose. Um, but they're, yeah. ga- they're gaining a sense of their identity here, that they, um, or their identity or lack thereof um, with this record, I think. If only there was, if only there was something else going on, you know, if only there was some, some kind of other reflection we could be doing. Um, that, that, that was similarly, you know, temporally situated, much like the Santa Dogs. A, a reflection on, like, the, the progression of work or something. I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Wait. I've got it. What do you oh? have? You know how the decade's coming to an end, right? It what? is? I think it is. No. I don't think that it is. That being said, I think it calls for a decade in review. <gasps> That's oh, way better than my idea, which was uh, Carly Rae Jepsen talk. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, no, I kind of like that better. Um, remember Call Me Maybe? That was a good one. <laughs> uh, so, uh, about m- major releases and performances, uh, just like Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion or The Resident's um, entire discography, except for Constantinople, um, Let's let's talk about some of the big things that have happened in the past ten years, um, because wow, it, it's weird because um, when you know I became a Residents fan in like 2012, 2013 time frame, um, and even for as long as I've known the Residents, uh, they've so, sort of organized a lot of their retrospectives in in decades. Fans and the Residents alike have kind of grouped their works by decades yeah um so it's weird now that the 2010s are, are over um and we can now rec- like look back on the 2010s it, yeah they're yeah, like cohesive they, themes emerge yeah yeah, it's, it's yeah like, they do now, now you can have like you know you have the people who are like oh yeah i like the i like their 70s output i like their 80s output now you can have people that say yeah i like their 2010s output 
when you say it, this passage yeah. of time thing. Yeah, when, like you, when you say it like that, it's it's. I don't I don't like it. It doesn't feel quite real, but maybe in two days it will. Um, I mean, in two days I, I I'm think... going to be having a mild panic attack over the passage well, of time. Let's join you in that. Uh, okay. So starting talking about mild panic attacks, uh, let's let's move on to a pretty extreme one, which was that talking light tour. Uh, what an ambitious project for them! Wow. I would say that would be a chef's kiss for me. Oh yes. They really uh, started off the decade uh, guns a blazing. Yes. That's a thing, right? Guns I, I, I really yeah. like. I really like the aspect of talking like, cause like you know how with the Bunny Boy they they did that whole mending of like theatrics and music, right? Yeah. Like I feel like Talking Light was kind of like that, but like a little bit heavier dividing on the music than the theatrics, and it worked a lot better. I'm not saying the yeah. Bunny Boy tour was bad, but Ooh, I'm saying Talking Light like kind the Bunny of. Boy tour. Oh, I like it. It's not as much so. as talking light. I mean, talking light. What's interesting about that for me is that it's one of the it's one of the first times we see the residents actively manifesting in some way um, the way that they're perceived, right? Um, I mean, actively contending with their their lack of identity, um, and and I mean, undoubtedly there are many creative forces pulling them in all sorts of directions, but I mean. When you start to approach the forty-year mark, um, you, you sort of you sort of want to think differently about how you operate and um, maybe do something that is challenging. I mean, Bunny Boy was challenging in its way, but it didn't it didn't challenge the fundamental concept of the residence for a lot of people. I don't think um, it's a continuation of, of sort of what we know about the residence, and Bunny was like an addition to that. Um, it was sort of like characters on the periphery of the residence were then brought in. But then Talking Light takes that a step further and applies that same kind of characterization, that um, anthropomorphism in a way, to the residents themselves um, in, I mean, like, in what I think is one of their most experimental moves. I was just going to say, that it's like a play on both the theatrics of the show and their identities. Yeah, yeah. well, for yeah. sure. Um, so speaking of the bunny boy, I, I kind of see the bunny boy as almost a, like, uh, because the decades of the residents are not obviously completely discreet. There's blending and <laughs> yeah. there's just out of place projects, which we'll probably talk about after the 2010s. But I feel like the, the bunny boy is almost like the transition into the 2010s because it has a sort of oh, yeah. that yeah, online yeah. focus, the like multimedia um, the first attempt at what we see later with. It, exactly. So it really feels more in line with the 2010s um, than the 2000s, but, you know, it's sort of in between. Yeah, and I feel like um, Bunny Boy, in its, in its way, is an, is an experiment, in, and they use those their findings from that, essentially, to build up a lot of what they do in the 2010s. Because you look at the, the 2000s, and that is considered by a lot of people their storyteller era. And they bring sort of that deep analysis of characters that they're doing in the 90s um, and, in the, and in the 2000s. Um, they bring that to bear on themselves, and 
I, I, I just I appreciate the the riskiness of that move because um, in in bringing back older music to play, like structuring it like a traditional concert, but also giving the residents identity as Randy, Chuck, and Bob, you're both appealing to the nostalgia and explaining why it's impossible, why the, why you know reaching back into the past is never gonna work. Um, at least not in the way you expect it to. F. Scott Fitzgerald could never. Also, they get really like they get really dark with talking light. I mean, Bunny Boy was dark, um, but I think they're very and they, like they everybody knows the residents talk about darkness with other characters. That's fine, but like now, now we have Randy, um, and and he's like, man, is going through it. <laughs> Yeah, he's going through it. He needs a hug. Or something. Or something, um, indeed. Um, and there's probably something to be said symbolically, too, for the um, the switch of Randy's character during the show. Um, you know, the becoming we'll of the that. mirror people. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah, that the, in the, the resident's future really... talking light episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um... With the this becoming a mirror person, um, this is just occurring to me now. But spoilers. Uh, yeah, well, you know, they've people have had a decade. They've had a decade to, to figure it so... out. Well, it's also the first in the trilogy. So it is the first in the trilogy. Um, and I, I there's something to be said for the residents and their relationship to reflections. Um, I mean, you take the classic eyeball motif. They're reflecting you as you look at them. Um, and so the residents then look at themselves through the mirror, and what is it that they see? What is it that they see? That's Who the knows? eternal question, <laughs> I, I would imagine. I mean, it all comes back to reflections in the end. Yeah, um... I mean, speaking of residence projects, maybe here we can sort of move on to the next topic, um, which is which which more sort of, Randy, Chuck, and Bob. Yeah, more Randy, Chuck, and Bob. I mean, now that they're individuals, it turns out those individual pieces are free to do whatever they want, and the new individual piece that we meet is Charles Bobuck, and he puts out Coochie Break. <laughs> more like Carlos, Chuck, and Bob. Um, I, I, I think Coochie Break is like one of... I, my, one of my favorite releases of the era, um, because, I don't know, the way in which, like, Chuck did, um, solo experimental work, yes, holding up the weight of the world, effectively, um, like, to, to break up the residents into these different pieces, but also have them be part of a, a unified whole. I'm literally describing, like, the, the concept of God in three persons as I'm realizing it. Um, um, it, it allows each of those pieces to serve a, a different purpose, but as Rand, Randy would later say, um, nobody knows what the fuck Bob does. Um, but, yeah, like, what are our thoughts on Coochie Break, if, if we have any? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I don't speak Spanish. I only speak American. Um, so there's not really much to say on Coochie Break. It's good. 
Um, That's good. So yeah, on to richer topics of conversation. Uh, the second part of the Randy, Chuck, and Bob trilogy. I think it only it became like the Randy, Chuck, and Bob trilogy with the second part. Um, Wonder of Weird, the 40th anniversary show. Man, all all the Randy, Chuck, and Bob stuff is just so much fun. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think we all became Residence fans during this decade, didn't we? I believe so. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think we were all uh, um, children last decade. So, I mean, the decade, but yeah, the yeah, decade well, before the 2010s. <laughs> oh, I was, I was born the decade before that. Jesus, um, it's it's funny, Rabbit, that you said that the the story um, of Bunny Boy was blended in with the theatrics. Um, and that sort of pulled back in, in in talking light, but if there's any place where it is in full force, it is here. I wonder if weird's minorly scary in a way. Why? What? Well, because Bunny has a crippling fear of Christmas and candy canes and stuff like that, so this has been a and rough beautiful time of Christmas year. sweaters worn by wonderful composers. I'm talking about how it goes from him just telling stories to him like just yelling obsession over it. Yeah, it's pretty well, great. I love it. I think that's just the residence. Oh, yeah. That's just the residence. Um, it, it, one, it, what it makes me think about is sort of how like um, people real people really want identity from the residence. Like people, there's there's people who very obsessively try to debunk and reveal and, and and make it seem as though they know as they know as though they know everything about the residence that there is to know, but. To make them human is is to bring along like a bunch of stuff, you know, and and, and in a way I think um, this like Wonder of Weird is a response to that urge a lot of people have. It's sort of like saying, okay, you want to know who we are? Here you go. Um, and then then one is forced to contend with like, you know, people. It, you it know? has an interesting like the Wonder of Weird thing itself. It has kind of an interesting dynamic because like. You have the two guys on the side, and they're not really helping it. They're just kind of there to play the music. Yeah. And then Randy's just telling his stories, and it's just developing, you know, his little character. Um, yeah. And it's kind of just adding to that whole, like, like you said, like giving them identities, and then giving them backstories, and having them tell those backstories, and, well, we, we all know what happens to us when we're and it's it's like it's really it's really sad, and it makes me think about how sometimes with like a lot of artists and their work, um, people try obsessively <laughs> um, to connect the work to the individual. You know, they want to see like the causation. They want to see like, okay, how does this person think, and why does it make their music that way? Um, and here, Randy is, is sort of like the. Uh, the manifestation of all of these different themes running through the residents' work and it, personified, um, and it, it causes one to, to think more deeply about, you know, how much do we want to know about the artist? How much does it matter? How much does it affect how we um, engage the work? Which how is, much you I want think, yeah, no. Which I think all that considered, these questions all being brought up at this uh, era. I think makes it a fitting era for the documentary to have come out. Yes, absolutely. Because while you're being posed with all these, you know, you're being confronted with all these questions, you're also being made to, you know, you're getting in part what you want. It's all these 
You might not have picked up on it, but your brain did. Uh, I just wanted to say that um, in my recent uh, watching of bootlegged uh, Wonder Weird uh, footage, I noticed for the first time that, like, just periodically, like, many times throughout the uh, the concert, I didn't notice this the first time because I didn't know what was going on the first time. Uh, Randy, like, goes away to check his cell phone to see, like, news on, uh, on Maurice. And, like, yeah. he does that, like, multiple times throughout the show. It's, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, it's sort of uh, like a, a statement by the residents on how timeless their anonymity makes them. Because I think with a lot of groups, what you do get is like, you know, they're, they're, they're simply not what they used to be. Because they're, they're static. Um, they're like, who they are at one point in time is connected to like, who they are as, as people. Um, and so... People can be very cynical about about the residents. They're like, oh, they ju- they just don't make it like they used to. Well, like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Um, <laughs> but you you like if yeah, if you're expecting an aging rock star on tour, well, here the residents give it to you. Um, which which is I think part of why um like the Randy Chuck and Bob trilogy is divisive. <laughs> it's very divisive. Is it? I, I've I've uh, I've mainly seen a lot of the, the, the divisive like feelings about around the like early two thousands output. Well, it, divisive in, in like a quieter sense, in that like the people that are very passionate about it are very passionate about it, and then like the like the like I've read reviews from from around the time, and people were like 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 mad. Um, you, you know they. They, they don't they didn't want they didn't want stories they didn't want um they, di- they didn't want something this involved um what? <laughs> i mean i've also seen people who are just like the residents just shouldn't have identities they they should just continue to make um make art but like not have identities because one of the things about uh, the Randy Truck and Bob trilogies, it really did give the residents identities to a degree. Ostensibly, yeah. Like, I it mean, gave them, were, like, um... like the, the identities weren't, I mean, they were, they, they are, you know, um, they are manufactured identities, but they're also... What identity is not manufactured? What? Like what identity is not manufactured? Yeah, yeah. But but they're more manufactured than the normal identities. But at the same time, they they're still like, you know, functional identities that you can pick members of, of the band. Which I know some people don't like because that's sort of um, goes against to last the residents like as a anonymous art collective and more as a as a rock band. Well, no, but, but no, of course I'm here what we to like, yeah. do they think that this experimentation was going to last forever like has anything isn't that kind of the point well is it isn't, isn't that isn't that just the the fault of of human thinking at any point in time things are the way they are right now and they will be that way forever 
Yeah, that's kind of what Frozen 2 was about, you know, so. Well, I, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to find out. <laughs> let's, let's make this a podcast about Frozen About Frozen 2, yeah, Here's all of our thing. episodes. I think that Frozen 2's plot basically invalidated Elsa's arc <laughs> in the first film. So, anyway, um, I mean, the residents, the thing is here, they, they did sort of give themselves a loophole in that these, this isn't, this isn't technically the residents, it's the, uh, it's a residence cover band, uh, yes. the world's best, in fact. Um, yeah, I mean, some people just want to hear Lizard Lady uh, on a CD. They they just want to hear they want to hear you play that from a CD. Um, one thing I really like about Wonder of Weird is that they reach deep into their discography. That's one of the most standout things about this show for me is they they play things live that like one we ignored in the first place, and two. They they make them like really, really good. Um, I mean, you know that that cover of that uh <clears throat> that uh one uh what was it that the, one track uh, off of the uh, Gingerbread Man. Uh, um, um, the uh, I forgot. Um, yeah. Uh, um, let's oh, see. Um, the causational right. transient. Um, yes, yes, do that one. I mean, it like drags you. Um. The, yeah, their evolution as a as a group is is made so clear there. The fact that that's even the same song, um, is is really really delightful to see that they can um, produce really really interesting stuff out of anything, you know. Um, yeah, and and the version of Jelly Jack is uh, one of oh, my God. favorite songs um, on the planet. Um, Jello Jack and is the Santa dog of the rest of the residents' discography. Ooh, it, it really is. <laughs> um, and the Wonder of Weird version, and also the version that also comes later in the decade. They are, they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful versions of that wonderful song. Um, I was, uh, oh yeah, and also during the Wonder of Weird, they also bring the sort of like, uh, what's it called? Uh, Our Finest Flowers type mashups yes. um, oh, God. into their set list which they really didn't do in any other tours um, like they did and it, I wish they did more mashups because it's very interesting to hear uh, sort of unrelated songs go together they're really, yeah. really smooth too I really like that like, like, it like they like- yeah, okay. if you weren't to know like the source material, you could probably think they were originally the same song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, they make it work. They did play Constantinople during this tour, technically. <laughs> kind. Of. Lol. I I suppose. Um. Uh, and 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 also the way that they um, the way people hold them up to I think their um older works, um. As though that like that was some sort of golden era. Um, the residents are in a conversation with their fans, um, and he, and here is where it starts. A home conversation. Be- yeah, like a home age conversation. Um, but you see that in their um, "Marching to the Sea" cover here. You know, we will die pretending to be a band. They're so self aware. The first time I heard that, I felt like my bones were just being like you know when people say shook. It was like yeah. that. Like every every bone in my body was quivering. It's like the getting blast. hit in the face with a sandblaster. Exactly. Like, I feel like 
Okay, I feel like with Wonder of Weird, like the talking sections give the songs like amazing context to the them. black behind. Um, You're talking about the black <laughs> behind. <laughs> okay, well, um, well, yeah, I guess that one. But like, I feel like um, with uh, like um, uh, Man in the Dark Sedan, like the fact that oh. like that follows immediately after just Randy's depression regarding um, the late, the great uh, Snake Finger, mm-hmm. like really hits hard um and the same thing for say uh like intermission marching to the sea um like he talks about how meaningful marching to the sea is that metaphorical marching to the sea and then that last line of the song life would be so uh, perfect if we all could be helpless hopeless creatures just marching to the sea it like really hits hard it's, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. yeah it's it, it it makes it all the more impactful. Um, and and then also like the, the way that they they end on that, and then the encore is Deadwood. Um, and Santa Dog. Yeah, Santa Dog. Yeah, then yeah, followed Santa by Deadwood. That they captures, I think, in a very succinct way, the perfect irony of the existence of the residents. They are both continuing on endlessly, but also. Um, aspirational in some way you know there's always something that they wish they could be it's like that the inclusion of deadwood um i i feel like it, it gives us um it gives us insight into the way like the having to contend with making yourself firmly not anything but then always being being received you know by people who want you to be something um who want to define you when you refuse to be defined. Also, they did um, d- uh, Die, Stay, Go uh, during uh, Talking Light. Um, so <gasps> it was like a continuation of that because Deadwood is, um, has these sort of like uh, chords of, of Die, Stay, Go. Bob's playing in Die, Stay, Go there. Like, yeah, man. Bob's playing in general. Well, yeah, but I mean... I Bob shines like a star. That's why there's a Randy, Chuck, and Bob trilogy. It's so we can focus on true. Bob. It's all... It's it's really... Like, we call it the Randy, Chuck, and Bob trilogy, so we don't hurt anybody's feelings, but really it's like Bob special day trilogy. <laughs> and it Bob, just, Randy, it, Chuck trilogy. To have characters no, also like, makes it... It's just Bob, so... It makes it fun and cute. This is the cutest the residents, like, have gotten up until this point. Look at that point. sweet boy. Look at that sweet boy and his sweet boy guitar. And you tell like, me... And the you eyeballs don't have are already guitar. cute, so that's saying something. Yeah, they're really the cute here. Like when uh, Chuck and Bob play together yes. in those brief periods yeah. on one which, of the weird... Oh, it's so cute. One of the trilogies, wait, wait. is it... Or was it all three of them, or is it just one where they bow to each other before Oh, they did that for everyone. They did uh, the okay, peekaboo. That's what I thought. Uh, and and also uh, the part in, in Wonder Weird when uh, when Randy's all depressed and then Chuck goes up to him with uh, King Dong, <laughs> and oh. it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. They love each other. They're they're just three masked men who love each other. And they they're, really they're all, yeah. It, it adds like they're they're all. Randy's to wearing a mask. No. No Flash no no mask. no no. It, he he puts on makeup so it looks like it's a mask, but um. It does add to that idea that they're all supposed to still be friends, like human friends, they're not just performers. <laughs> Unless they're performing friendship. Hmm. It's a friendship from performance. How do we know how do we know 
that at the end of the day, they don't all just go home and they're like, Well, another daytime, get away from me, Randy, you big smelly loser. It's and interesting that you bring that yeah. up because it works as, a, as I think probably as a good segue into talking about Shadowland, which is where um, there's this collision, I think, of, uh, of, I mean, you're making, you're making these members separate characters. Um, and, you know, once you give them like a hard edge, um, they can move, they, they're, they're alive, they can do things in their own way. And so Shadowland, the third part of the trilogy, um, unfortunately, it, yeah, I mean, that is, that is a part of it because like Chuck stops touring. a shame because his outfit was like really really cute oh my god he looked great he had like the sparkly goggles dude didn't he sometimes too long ago when you cat and rabbit each of their microphones i'd like to reach through and grab it and when the hosts get so far off topic it's the editor's job to jump in and stop it Like Randy, over the over this period of time, becomes his own character. I mean, there's the Tumblr, uh, and then there's Randy Land, where it's literally it's just Randy's life and what a life it is. Okay, I, I have I have some opinions on Randy Land. Um, Say it. Those uh-oh. opinions are uh-oh. that Randy Land is very good and I love it. And it, oh. yeah, yeah, I think that's I think correct. I, I I think like most people I think watched it. Um, but I well, think like people are still people sleeping alive. on Randyland. Oh, they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think people are, people are kind of sleeping on Randyland because, like, I think a lot of people just sort of saw it as the residents sort of goofing off. But it's not. It has a, a little... plot. It, it it does, and they're saying something important. Uh, and I what like is it, Mew? What are they saying? I love. You. Save that for a Randy episode. Oh, I was, I was, I was going to say there's the uh, the precursor series. Uh, I think it was just titled In My Room. And somehow Randy managed to make him sitting in his room more entertaining than most stuff I've seen on YouTube. Oh, absolutely. I it, I think about it as a natural continuation of what the residents have been doing for literal decades. In fact, it's a return to form. Um, because in the same way that the commercial album is a reflection of, of the... Um, really of the mainstream world at the time, Randy Land functions in that exact same way. Yes, um, yes. Because, I mean, is, is that not exactly where we are now? It's a prediction. Um, it, it was a prediction okay, and I'm it came say, true. Randy Land is a, is, it's a vlog series. It's like it a, is a parody vlog, series. vlog, okay? He sells, he, he sells his merch on the, on the vlog. He, realizes, he tells people about what merch he's going to have. He talks about how he's going to have a GoFundMe. That, it's exactly okay. a vlog. He's Trisha See, Paytas. Okay, because here's the thing: it has like oh. the the arc of a of a vlog where like he just starts like like being himself. Oh my god! There's even then, the paranormal and then, things. And then an incident happens, like an actual incident. The the alien abductions like actually happen to him, kind of. Um, but like that wasn't his doing. And then he was like, "Hey, that was like an exciting arc in my vlog." So then when 
he he manufactures the Bigfoot stuff to, to like keep having content on his vlog and then to sell merch. I bought his vlog merch. <laughs> I have Bigfoot beware. It's 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 oh, it yeah. is the uh, it's everyday bro or whatever that. <laughs> oh, uh, oh god! That what? Jake really, Paul song. I was really, really, <laughs> really hoping that was not gonna come. <laughs> of every day. of the resonance. It's a uh, Jake Paul. <laughs> Oh, like, isn't uh, that that guy? Yes, it is. Yes. Anyway, that's my take oh. on Randy Land. There we go. In this essay, what? I will. Thank you for coming to my TED Talks. So, Shadowland, um, that was the first residence tour that I saw. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Randy spat on me a little bit. It was really cute. He blows raspberries. <laughs> that um, was cute? That was yeah, cute? Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. Because he's really funny, and then Sometimes. Bob's really tall. <laughs> Shadowland was the first uh, residence uh, concert that I stood in line for. This is this is a message to everybody. Go see the residence. Like you're yes. gonna tell yourself, oh, it's fine. I I can wait. I no, you can't. You go see the residence. Um. Yeah. Um. I mean, here in there, there's a continuation of what we sort of saw a little bit of in Talking Light, which is those stories, um, based around the theme. That, I mean, Randy sort of occupied that role in Wonder of Weird, but here it comes back. And I think these are some of the most, like, beautiful, like, videos the residents have ever produced. Um, yeah, we, I think as a, as a, as a fan base, we had a lot of, uh, fantastical ideas about how, how it would come to bear on later, later works. Uh, I, I for one, <clears throat> thought uh, the engineer was going to be a part of the Ghost of Hope, because... It was about trains. It's about trains. It was about a train crash. Okay, like clearly, that's what I was when I when I saw um, the the recording afterwards because I didn't get to see the concert. Um, like I was just like, oh, okay, this is cool. It's like they're showing us the future too, and that's like going to be in the uh, Ghost of Hope or Trainwreck by God or whatever it was going to be called back then. Um, and then it didn't. Honestly, I had so many things I was expecting to be Ghost of Hope related that ended up not being Ghost of Hope related, which I guess was cool because that meant the album was a surprise. But yeah, but come this on, is a man. Bit of a, a sidetrack, but but there was a lot they were gonna do for that for Ghost of Hope, weren't they? Like they were gonna do oh videos yeah, all sorts of videos, all sorts oh, of yeah. um, fantastical ideas, but and it's just it's simply not freak show. Nothing will ever be freak show. Um, they they have too many ideas. Uh, they have high hopes, but not very much. They got high horses. It's speaking of uh, Shadowland. Yes. Uh, the 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 thing that they would uh, um, for their their second American uh, phase of the of the Shadowland tour, they that was sort of um, in conjunction with. Uh, Theory of Obscurity. Ah, yeah, let's talk about the movie. I love that movie. Yeah. I, uh, that's like the only, like, movie slash documentary I've watched where it felt like it was way shorter than it was. I, just yeah. I thought you were about to say that was the only movie you've ever watched, and I was about to say, I wish <laughs> I was you. <laughs> I've only ever so seen the Residence documentary and Cats, but I think I've got most of, uh, you know, that's actually what they teach you in film school. They just teach yeah. you Theory of Obscurity and Cats 2019. I don't really know what they did before the 2010s, but I guess we're back there. 
thought about what movies might be like if you're allowed to watch any. Um, it's so, it, but yeah, theory of obscurity. That what a crazy, th it's crazy that that happened. It's absolutely insane that that happened. It's almost sort of the the um, like culmination of the uh, sort of retrospective uh, mood that this uh, decade had. Yes, because uh, that's I feel like that's a that's a major theme of this decade. Oh, absolutely! Um, this whole is that like the retrospective. Whole... Not to say that um, the residents have never done retrospectives before the, the 2010s. They've done it so many times, including with Santa Dog, with Icky Flicks, um, basically every thing ever. But it feels like they do it like every decade at this point. But but like with the 2010s, that was definitely a major theme. Whereas with well, yeah, other think, retrospectives, yeah, like, yeah. It, it's just sort of a thing, a project in the decade, you know. Yeah, but like the Randy Chuck and Bob trilogy, the 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 retrospective act aspect was the focus for for quite a while and it, it it took on a life of its own in a way that um i think like with icky flicks for example it really didn't because that one featured like new works and i mean it, it just it just really wasn't the same there was this yeah. there's a groundwork there that they later that, that that sort of precedes what we know now but it, it's not it's not the same kind of creature that all of this is and the fact that it culminates in a documentary is like crazy and, and the thing about the retrospectives of the 2010s i'm jumping the gun a lot here but like it's even after you know the randy truck and bob trilogy with things like the preserved series um and also uh the thing that you didn't put on the list for some reason i am a resident <laughs> I, oh that's because i forgot <laughs> It's because uh, people are sleeping on that album. <laughs> um, it's uh, like it's just a theme of, of, of the decade, really. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, but and but I think, theory of obscurity is definitely. I think that the that the the method of um, using this, I guess the the vehicle of having Randy as a uh, aging rock star, it's very, I think, more meta, I suppose, than their other reflections because it's literally them looking back on their career almost. oh yeah while the career is ongoing exactly uh, which so is their reflection is like they they i think fan not fancy them. they are or if they have been the same group of people then they are themselves starting to age just a bit i'd imagine and and with the theory of obscurity it was more of a just sort of documentary played straight um because it was made by by other people um with with help by the residents but you know unlike say uh what was the that laser disc 20 twisted questions yeah 20 twisted questions which is basically like the only other like residents um documentary outside of like youtube videos yes. um is like, 20 Twisted Questions definitely feels like it was a residence production, first and foremost. And this um, feels like a, little, a, like a yeah. regular old documentary. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's what it was made for. Made as, rather. Yeah, um, and it's interesting to have such a conventional format applied to 
to the residents, and it, I, I used to misunderstand really what it was about. You know, I felt sort of as though their capacity to experiment was overlooked. But what it was, I think, was pointing at this vast web of things and looking at all the stuff the residents are connected to as though there's this, um, this Vantablack blind spot in our culture to the residents. Um, because, because they're like, they're like a fungus. Uh, I mean, Les Claypool makes that same comparison, but I'm taking it to a different end. Um, because, uh, the, um, the mycelium, I think it's, the, the brain of a fungus essentially operates entirely underground. And that's what makes them so huge. They are absolutely massive. And what we see come up on the surface are the fruiting bodies. That's how, that's how it spreads. But that is not the bulk of it. Um, and I think the residents essentially function in the same way. I, uh, I like how you said we were going to skip mushroom, and here we are. I accidentally talking started talking about mushrooms. About mushroom. <laughs> I, I would like to say, uh, in regards to the whole, you know, retrospective thing over the whole decade, I, I like the kind of, like, sudden, like, switch in pacing of it. Because, you know, in the first half, you know, we had the tours and stuff. But that was relatively just really about it in terms of all of this retrospective aspect. But then in the second half, you know, you have the Preserve series, you have I Am a Resident, you have... Yeah, you let's have, get into that. Let's get into that, because um, 